0: Welcome back to We've Never Been Clicked. This is Arkansas Week, and I am joined by Mr. J. Arnold. And tonight we're going to dig in a little bit to our reaction to the, I guess it's a blowout loss to Alabama. And then we have a special guest, Blake Eddins, to talk about the Arkansas game. Blake was a hooper for the Razorbacks, and now he kind of dips his toe into all things Arkansas sports. So Jay, are you encouraged by this game or discouraged?
1: Uh, Neither. Uh, It went exactly how I expected it to go. Alabama is probably the best team in the nation by a good margin. Uh, I think they did well to score any points at all. And I think they did well to keep Bama under 50.
0: Yeah. So the, (laughs) the final score of 45 to 23 on its face looks kind of sad but if you watch the game and i'm guessing most people listening to this did it didn't feel awful considering that we lost by 22 points plus we covered the spread that's right and that at the end of the day isn't that all that matters
1: exactly four and oh against spread this year
0: four and oh that's right take it to the bank and i think (laughs) this week we are 18 point favorites at the moment so uh I'm sure it's going to hold up all season long.
1: Four and one, then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I had us losing this game in my preseason picks, but after watching what limited highlights I've seen of Arkansas, I'm feeling a little better about it at the moment. Arkansas had highlights this year. Well, the teams they played did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, they had the uh, the uh, fake fair catch. Yeah, that's That'd be viral.
0: That might be the most famous clip of the whole college season so far, and we'll dig into that um, a little bit further when uh, when we bring Blake on the line. the The Bama game, I thought the ninety nine yard drive was awesome. That was uh, clearly the highlight for A and M in that game. Uh, is there anything else that we can take out of that as a bright spot, Jay?
1: Yeah, we held Bama to one hundred and five yards rushing, which is actually pretty impressive. <laughs>
0: yeah that's pretty awesome our our d lines actually been playing pretty well this year aside from not having any pass rushers
1: yeah that's that's been the issue I mean we we can't really create a pass rush without blitzing right now and that's just not gonna fly against a team that can throw the the ball as well as Alabama does uh, but against the run they've been sensational
0: and actually Coming up in this game, Arkansas's been kind of good against the run. The The box score, I don't know if you looked at it, for Auburn and Arkansas was kind of bizarre. I think Auburn was starting with ridiculous field position, like getting the ball at the nine every time. <laughs> so so they actually <laughs> they didn't rack up that many yards uh, because Arkansas is so bad on special teams and, and all those type phases of the game.
1: Yeah, that's uh, you know, uh special teams is a big part of the game and we saw that out of uh Seth Small coming in and keeping A&M at least a little bit alive by uh making some great field goals against Bama.
0: Yeah, he had a 52-yarder. He uh he's a beast and Brayden Mann's a beast too. He punted. For, it's kind of sad when you're highlighting the punting uh total yards, but he, he punted for 304 yards for a uh, sixty point eight yard average. Uh a few of those, maybe most of those, went just a couple feet too far for touchbacks.
1: i would like to give another shout out to our friends at the Pat McAfee show and say that those were absolute piss missiles.
0: <laughs> yeah, he is definitely kicking piss missiles on a consistent basis. Hopefully we won't see any punting this week from from the Aggies, but I'm not so sure. We seem to I think it's three of the last four we've gone to overtime, so um, I think people will be very upset if we go to overtime this year,
1: yeah, I would actually prefer to see the uh Sea braidman punt only once and to somehow break uh Jerry's giant jumbotron thingy in the middle of the stadium. I just want to see that thing get shattered.
0: <laughs> I hate that place i I think it might be because I went to a couple games um or maybe all the games before we went to the s e c and Arkansas was beating us pretty regularly during that time, during that stretch. What, what do you think of Jerry World and, and just kind of the, the whole playing a, a conference foe, maybe even a rival on, at a neutral site?
1: It was my second favorite, second least favorite place to play a game uh, with my first least favorite, my, my most least favorite being uh, Starkville just because of the Cowbells.
0: Oh yeah. That is annoying. (laughs) I,
1: if it wasn't for the cowboy, for the cowbells, Jerry world would easily be my least favorite place.
0: (laughs) What if you said Kyle field, that would have been something.
1: Yeah. Kyle field was terrible.
0: (laughs) I was bracing myself for it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I I mean, I would much rather play it, Kyle than play it. The soulless pit of (laughs) despair and emptiness. That is Jerry world.
0: Yeah. That place kind of sucks. It's, And new Kyle Field has some of this too, but it's it's almost like there are so many distractions that you can't even focus on what's happening on the field. Too nice. Yeah, yeah. Like especially for college, it doesn't feel
1: like you're watching a football game. It feels like you're just kind of (laughs) there. To be honest with you,
0: I'm I'm a firm believer that college stadiums should be kind of shitty. Like you're just you're you're looking for anything to distract you from how terrible your surroundings are, so you're really intensely focused on the game.
1: Yeah, I think we we talked about this when Jimmy gave the speech about bringing back the hate barn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the the best baseball stadiums, Wrigley, Fenway, are the ones with a lot of character, and that may be may be unsafe in certain places, but uh, that should be the only distraction you have from the game, is how unsafe you may or may not be.
0: <laughs> That's right. I had I had some of those moments on the in the student section of Caulfield when. You know, you're know, you kind of worried that the bench is going to collapse or, or whatnot, but that, that's all part of the charm. Exactly. So, the, I'm Jay, we're jumping in super early, but I got to ask you about the weather inside the enclosed dome at Jerry World.
1: Yeah, so uh, this weather forecast is going to be a little bit different. Uh, I'm not actually going to give you the weather outside of the stadium because the only thing that matters is the temperature inside the stadium. And we're going to be at a nice... Crisp 72 degrees is apparently the average temperature they keep the stadium at. Hmm,
0: that's, so, uh,
1: it's what, what I should keep, it's what I keep my home at my home. Yeah. I actually prefer uh, 68 just because I'm a terrible person that loves to run up the electricity bill.
0: 68. Holy crap.
1: Yeah. I, I run very hot naturally. Uh, there's probably a joke in there somewhere, but
0: <laughs> even after you got rid of the beard,
1: even after I got rid of the beard, that's the, that's a the good thing about winter though. Is I don't have a heat bill because I just turn the air off.
0: Sixty eight is like what you do at the hotel because you're not paying for it.
1: No, I I don't put it at sixty eight. If I if I could afford it, I would definitely put it at like probably just sixty. So you're cranking all the way down.
0: <laughs> what we've come away with is that you're a liar. Uh...
1: <laughs> That's one interpretation of the events.
0: It's embellishing for the interest of our listeners.
1: Yeah. No, I said, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say that I'm a bold-faced liar there. I mean, that's, that's a little bit harsh.
0: All right. I'm going to take it back. I'm going to take it back. And Thank you. And with that, let's throw it to our interview with Blake. This was a one-on-one interview. I was the only uh, representative of We've Never Been Clicked, but let's kick it now. Blake, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being on. Uh, this is going to be uh, an important visit because I have not watched one second of Arkansas football this year. Well, except for the UNT touchdown return. So, yeah, first, I, what? I think
2: everybody, like even my my grandmother, saw that. I think it was on uh, Good Morning America and everything. Just what you want uh, if you're Arkansas <laughs> is is for to to be beaten by North Texas and or uh, Kelly Ripa and all them to be talking about you too. It's great.
0: And it was, it was one of those things, I think it was right before Twitter uh, changed the, the timeline options. So that's when we were getting all the old news kind of bumped back into our feed. So I think I saw that probably a dozen times, just kind of a recurring thing on Twitter. Um, I, was,
2: I was at the game, and I can tell you that just about everybody in the stands, just like any other fair catch, it happened and he caught it and you kind of go to back to talking or looking at your phone or drinking a beer or doing something. And you look up and he was on the 10 yard line and, and the few people that noticed that were screaming, it obviously wasn't anybody on the field. And it was, (laughs) it was one of the, one of the crazy, and I've been around a lot of stuff in in my, you know, athletic life and which is an odd thing to say, but, uh, I've never seen anything like that
0: ever. Yeah, it was so bizarre. And it's one of those things where I feel like if I was at the stadium, even if I noticed it, I would expect them to be calling it back. <laughs> and it just, oh, it was, well, it was, was so stunned. Present.
2: I mean, there was no reaction, but what happened because you didn't, everybody turned away basically after they thought it was a fair catch. <laughs> uh, and next thing he's in the end zone, and there's no way that really happened. And uh, we're still reliving it, I think, uh, a week and a half later now.
0: So how and I'm I'm glad that you're able to join me so you can relive it a little bit more. <laughs> the, yeah, thanks. thanks for bringing <laughs> that back up. I appreciate it. So, do you read Hogville? What's going on? <laughs> What's going on over there? How are they reacting you to know, everything that's happening? It's,
2: it's not a good time to check on Hogville. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, when it gets like this, I do my best to stay away from. And look, I think any message board is is probably you know not a happy place right now. Uh, but Hogville is is famous for uh, for meltdowns and and other stuff like that, and it can be entertaining at times. But when it gets like this, I do my best to kind of kind of stay away from, from from all that stuff, and, and including including stuff like this. But I made an exception. So,
0: yeah, and I think that Hogville is the closest thing another fan base has to Texags in terms of kind of the the polarization of opinions and. Uh, and well, how it, it, the it's fans amazing
2: are. to me how na- nationally, uh, you know, some of the folks and some of the names that people like you and me are very familiar with on Twitter, regardless of, of where they live in the country, uh, Hogville is is who gets uh, who gets tapped as well. Let's check on Hogville. Let's see the meltdown. So uh, <laughs> we, we may not be winning games, but we've got that going for us right now.
0: That's right. So what what is going on? If I I've only seen that kind of uh, fake fair catch touchdown return, uh, obviously there are uh, much deeper problems than that, losing to UNT 44 to 17, losing to Colorado State, uh only scoring 3 points against Auburn. Like what's the what's your kind of overall assessment of this team? Is it is it going to get better this year?
2: Well, yeah, I mean it's got to get better. I mean, let's what's <laughs> <laughs> uh, you hate you hate to get, you, you hate to play A and M who who Jimbo Fisher's doing a good job coming in uh, and then back that up with Alabama uh, right now it would, the way everything's going but if if you kind of look at you know Arkansas football since Houston nut left uh, you know Bobby Petrino came in and you know even though people may not like to say this there were still some some talent at certain spots. Uh, when he got to Arkansas, there, there was a, a very, very solid group of talent in state. Uh, when you talk about D.J. Williams, uh, Greg Childs, uh, Jarius Wright, Joe Adams, uh, a handful of other guys, and then you have Ryan Mallet at Michigan decides to transfer home to Arkansas, uh, Tyler Wilson, a quarterback out of Greenwood, who I think may have been the last quarterback to beat A&M. Uh, comes in and had a great career, and, and, and with the way Petrino coaches and the style he plays, it was a good match. But you could see on the way out the door, uh, even though he didn't necessarily exit gracefully, th- that had kind of dropped off. And mm-hmm. when John L. Smith took over and then, and then Brett Bielema, uh, you know, they, they had to do some rebuilding just because the – and I hate to say, look, I was on one of the worst basketball teams in Arkansas history. We, when, when Nolan Richardson got fired my junior year, Joe Johnson had gone pro. Gennaro Cargo had gone pro. And I was one of the seniors that was left. I get it. I mean, when Stan Heath came in, it was a bunch of role players that were seniors. And it, it's a tough transition. It just is. Uh, uh, Brett Bielema uh, did a pretty good job recruiting in his first cycle or two uh, with Alex Collins, uh, Denver Kirkland, and Hunter Henry, and Frank Ragnow, and guys like that. But, but there was still some building blocks there because it was a similar style. Uh, it, it had really fallen off here at the end of the, of the, the Beal era and you know you guys down in Texas I, I think get this more than anywhere else in the country it's a little easier in my opinion to transition from the spread to, to that big boys kind of football or pro style kind of football than it is to go from hey we're going to be bigger and stronger and just beat you to death to we're going to be you know faster and quicker and, and run a completely different scheme and I think right. you're seeing a combination of all of that right now. Uh, I, I have faith in Chad Morris. I think that, that he's going to eventually do a good job here. I think that he's got a little more on his plate than maybe he anticipated. But, you know, if if you look at what he's been able to do, uh, if you talk to some of the former players that, that, that know him and that have had a chance to be around him, uh, people still have faith that, that he's going to be able to pull it out. But it is definitely, definitely a tough start. Uh, here in Arkansas
0: right for sure and I know it's ridiculous to ask four games into the the Chad Morris era but how long is that honeymoon gonna last or is it already over I mean obviously they're not gonna fire him after one season but do you think it's it's a three season minimum kind of thing
2: well I mean I I think that all depends you know on on you know how do we finish the season how does it go to next year uh, but, but, again, 100% have faith that, that he was the right guy to hire. I mean, if if you look at the options, if you look at the fit, uh, you know, any sport that Arkansas has been successful in and won championships in throughout the years, whether it's track or basketball or, or anything, it, it, they've had a coach that has found a different way to skin the cat. Uh, it's not the same thing everybody else is doing, uh, you know, and, and they're, they're fairly charismatic at that. And I, I think that Chad Morris is a good representation of that. Uh, you have to be successful in Texas. Recruiting, uh, in my opinion, at Arkansas, if you're going to do what you need to do in football, uh, it's going to be tough to go into Louisiana and Alabama and some of these other places. But, but you can go into Texas. And with his history in Texas and his ties down there, uh, he, he makes complete sense as the head coach. Uh, th- this is a tough year. There are going to be some growing pains. But but I think the people that understand what's going on and understand that the right guy got hired and, and are going to give him room to do his job and show that he can do it. I mean, his his first year at SMU, they won two games, and, and that was not in the SEC West. So oh, right. it, it's, it's it's a hell of a tough transition, uh, and I think he can handle it, and it may not happen next season, but, but I think he's the guy for the job
0: and he's a good aggie too so we're uh, we're rooting for him to have success <laughs> but
2: <Okay. laughs> except except for that one game a year i'm sure but yeah that, sure.
0: that's the caveat we also want him to be a mole for for A&M's right, benefit right right <laughs>
2: you can score 80 points as long as we score 81 that's great right
0: <laughs> and this this has been kind of a bizarre series with 3 of the last 4 years going to overtime and um you know every every year for the last gosh i guess five or six years, it's kind of felt like it was a toss up and they've all fallen A&M's way. So I guess I, I'm kind of worried that eventually it's going to kind of going to fall Arkansas's way. And of course, Aggies would be really upset if that were to happen this year. So uh, what what do you look at as as the keys for Arkansas to pull off a, a stunner and, and beat A&M this weekend?
2: Well, I mean, you know, first of all, it's, it's, it's funny to hear you say it's a toss up because the last couple of years when the game's tightened up at the end, I think the, the way our, our fan base reacts to that kind of stuff has been, well, here we go. How are are they going to cut our hearts out this year? And whether it's been overtime, I can't remember, I can't remember the receiver's name, but he caught that pass got in front of our DB a couple of years ago, took off and everybody kind of looked around and went, well, there we go. There it is. But you know, Arkansas just got to come out. If, if, you know, Chad Morris has has said recently that he's got to simplify everything, uh, even going as far to say that they're going to cut it down to using about 10% of the playbook, uh, w- which is basically saying, look, we're going we're going to find some consistency somehow. Uh, we're going to do the little things right. Uh, I don't know that that gets you over the hump against a, a Texas A&M team uh, like the one we've seen this year, uh, but but. You know, for Arkansas to have success in a game like that against better teams, the little things have to start happening. And, and, you know, the defense played fairly well at times at Auburn. But when you're starting, you know, drives on the 9 and the 7 and I think the 29 against Auburn at Auburn, it's just not going to end well. And special teams has, has been rough for Arkansas this year. As We go back to the North Texas punt return. but We gave up a kickoff return last week against Auburn. Uh, you know, punt returns have been an issue. Hadn't been able to to consistently hit field goals uh, and and just really struggle on special teams. So when when you're Arkansas and you're already kind of starting, you know, behind a little bit, uh, you, you can't afford to give good teams good field position. And if Arkansas can, can tighten up special teams and, and catch a couple breaks, this this could be a ball game. But, but I don't think anybody's expecting, you know, kind of the, the back-and-forth slugfest like we've seen uh, the last few years,
0: sure. And I think the spread was A and M's favored by 18 points, which which is a big number. So it would be a, it would be a pretty huge upset. But I did the box score for the Auburn game was kind of bizarre, where Auburn was really shut down in the run game and didn't throw for a whole lot of yards either. So I think that. Um, like you said, kind of special teams mistakes and but again When position. you're starting on the
2: seven yard line, you don't have to throw the ball very
0: far. Right? <laughs> that's it, that's right. it kind of it, yeah, it kind of compresses the stats uh, just a little bit. So that that makes that makes a, a whole lot of sense. But um, yeah, the uh, are you going to this game at Jerry World?
2: I'm, I'm not going to make it. I've been the last few years, but but you know I don't want to say his real name on here. But I I still owe your friend Lucas Jackson. Uh, we, we usually make a bet every year on the game, just a straight up bet. So you can understand the the amount of (laughs) bottles of, of stuff that I owe him at this point. So I'm, I'm kind (laughs) of trying to dodge him right now because I I don't, I don't know that I'm allowed to carry all that in the game with me, uh, but, but, but yeah, I I owe him quite a bit of bourbon at this
0: point. That's funny. (laughs) What do you think of the whole setup at, at Jerry world? Is this, is this a game that should be played on a neutral site or does it kind of, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of criticism about neutral site games versus playing, uh, especially in you conference. Know, I, I,
2: I love it. I think it's a neat deal. I think it's something that's special, especially you know considering the the Arkansas and Texas ties that the Jones family has. Right. Uh, both schools have good fan bases there in Dallas. It, it's you know it, we got to play when I played basketball at Arkansas. We got to play at a couple. Uh, neat, really cool, neutral site places, and and those are special memories that I have. So I know the guys really, you know, love getting to the play there. Uh, but at the same time, there are moments where you wish the games were on campus. I mean, next year Arkansas has two uh, SEC games in Fayetteville, uh, with with one of the games that would have been at home at at at, uh, at Cowboy Stadium, uh, and the other one is uh, is in Little Rock. So those four home games are, are kind of split. So then there there are times like that that you go, Well, is this the right thing to do? But but I, I can tell you from the alumni to the players, the coaches and, and, and everybody. Uh everybody loves going down there and it's a big time and we just wish we'd won some more of those games.
0: Yeah, that's cool. So the the A and M fan perspective is a little different. I think it's because of all the money that was put into the Kyle Field upgrade. Everyone kinda of mm-hmm. wants to wants to see it move back to uh a Home and home kind of situation. Um, but I don't know, maybe they could even rotate it so that every third year it hit uh Dallas or, well, or something and, and, like that. And
2: look, that. with with you know, uh, at the end of the day, as much as as much as we want to you know talk about fan experience, everything else, it's about revenue. And, and if the revenue is right, they'll probably keep it there. That's true. Uh, and if it's not, <laughs> they'll probably move it. And then, right. as, as much as I hate to admit that, I think, I think. I mean, look, we go we go to college football games now, and instead of the band playing or the music going like it was when we were growing up, it's it's an ad for you know something, and yes. it's it's just a different experience now. Uh, it's it's they're they're multi million dollar corporations, and 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 that just is what it is. But that being said, we uh, we have a great time every time we go to Jerry World. So that's right. But we'll, yeah. I w-
0: I went, I think I went three years and it was the three years before we went to the SEC. So A&M dropped all three of those games. Uh, so, so that was Boy, pretty unfortunate for me.
2: Those are the days. We need, that. We yeah. need those back in Arkansas. Uh,
0: do, uh, do Arkansas fans view this as a rivalry? As you know, we're kind of in this situation now where we're not playing Texas and we're kind of looking to LSU and Arkansas to, to fill that gap in rivalry. And I was a kid in the early, not in the early SWC days, but uh, when I was a kid, A&M and Arkansas were in God, the Southwest I about, Conference. I about to
2: say, that was, uh, you're uh... Your technology skills are pretty good for somebody that's that old, but, but go. Ahead. <laughs>
0: like, I've dated myself and now, you know, I'm an yeah. old man, but the, um, but I remember, uh, you know, we, we had some hate in our hearts for Arkansas and I, I don't know if it's, if it's there anymore, but I, I imagine once we're in the sec for 10 plus years, something's going to, going to come back and, and start burning. Again. Well, you know,
2: and I think, I think it was getting there kind of with the back and forth of that game, but, but the way the game has gone the last few years, uh, and really, you know, Arkansas had what was a a budding rivalry with LSU with that Thanksgiving game that I think y'all get now with LSU. Right. So it,
0: yeah. it's
2: it's it's kind of taken that away. Uh, I think when Arkansas is competitive again in football, uh, we're we're going to see two teams kind of start coming back out. And if people forget how much of the Arkansas student body is from Texas now. If you go up there. And drive around campus uh, during class. I know that sounds creepy that I'm just trolling around campus with classes are in. But if you're like around, Middleton. it's it's it, right. Yeah, it's amazing <laughs> how many Texas tags you see. I mean, there, there are so many kids from Texas that go to Arkansas now that just by by you know the, the natural way things work, that rivalry is going to start building up over the years. It has to. I mean, the, the, yeah. those a lot of those kids are going to go back. Texas and still be Arkansas fans or, or stay here and 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 that game is going to be special on the schedule every year. It may take a few more years. But for Arkansas, you have that game. And people people here hate when I say this because, you know, you still hear folks talk about Texas being a rival. I grew up in the middle. I grew up in Montgomery, Alabama, and a big Auburn family that played. Everybody played football at Auburn. I'm a black chief that went to Arkansas and played basketball and then stayed out here. But that Auburn-Alabama rivalry is this is as pure of a hateful rivalry as you're going to get in any sport, pro, college, anything, and to go from that and then get to Arkansas and have people go, yeah, Texas is our rival. It's like, man, Texas has A&M and a couple other schools that are that are right up there. It's not a true rivalry unless it's a it's a year-round thing, and and so you have A&M now, and, and really Arkansas's best chance in a long time to have a pure rival. Uh, with Missouri losing Illinois, that game with Illinois every year, uh, Arkansas has a chance now to, to have two really quality uh, rivals with, with A&M and Missouri. Uh, but as you and I both know, that takes time and it takes a few, you know, drama-filled games and, and a couple, you know, m- maybe something crazy has to happen here or there, but but I, I would be shocked over the next decade if those two rivalries don't develop and, and turn into to something real for, for both – uh, for Arkansas, A&M, and Missouri.
0: Yeah, that's that's true. It's and it's kind of been weird because uh, since we joined the SEC, we lose to LSU every year, and we've we've beaten Arkansas every year, even though those Arkansas games have been have been really close. Yeah, but I you think can you're flip, right. Flip,
2: flip that around if you want to. But look, the, I mean, here's <laughs> the thing that the SEC's done. They've they've kind of tried to pair the arranged marriages, like when. You know, you go to that first junior high dance and your parents are trying to make you ask a certain girl that maybe you don't want to ask that <laughs> she may be, you know, it's maybe not who you want to go with. It maybe be, you know, man, she, she, that could be who I want to go with in five or six years, but not right now. But they make you go with them. The SEC has kind of changed the schedule to where they want A&M and LSU to become rivals. And they want Arkansas and Missouri to become rivals. Right. And, you know, as that continues, I, I think it'll blossom. But it's it's going to take time.
0: Well, our our cross division rival is South Carolina, so I don't I don't think that's ever going to bud into a real rivalry. Well, which so is at, least, odd. at least that was have Missouri. always
2: ours. That was always ours because we kind of came in the league at the same time, and and uh, you know y'all show up and and took even more stuff from us and took South Carolina, <laughs> but we'll we'll survive. <laughs>
0: that's funny you met you mentioned your rivalry with texas i think my best arkansas experience is i covered that texas bowl for arkansas fight so i was there as a an A&M fan kind of under the guise of of covering Arkansas football and y'all put it to him. And you met, you mentioned Ryan Mallett earlier too. Uh, the, the funniest moment was I got a fist bump from Ryan Mallett in the corridor because uh, he he was there talking about the game and that man, Texas Ryan's, it, Ryan's
2: a lot of fun. He's a good oh, guy. It was,
0: it was awesome. And Texas got like, I think it was like negative three yards on the ground. I mean, it was just complete domination. So that was a, that I was think, a fun I time. I think that
2: is what spurred the phrase from Brett Bielema of, of, of him saying that that game was borderline erotic. And, and I think most Arkansas fans would agree. We just hate, we weren't able to kind of build off that and keep it going.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. And I, it was, it was borderline erotic. I can, I can confirm that as an Aggie fan up in the press box. It was, so that, what, was a, so, that was so a cool from, game.
2: from, from from the Arkansas perspective, how is the how's the Jimbo Fisher marriage so far in College Station? I mean, it it you know what is it seventy five million dollars guaranteed for ten years? Is that do the folks over there feel like that was a good good deal? Are they happy with it so far? Is the jury still out? Or
0: I think I think people are happy, and uh, you know, some fans came out of the woodwork after um, kind of getting bl- blown out by Alabama, although. I feel like it was pretty expected. So we saw our first kind of tinge of negativity. I think largely people were really happy with, you know, having the chance to beat Clemson, even though we didn't pull it off. And the money's that was kind brutal. of weird. That
2: was a brutal game.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, the ending and the you know, the two-point conversion play wasn't wasn't all that great. But it was it was good to be competitive because we, we felt like we we didn't really have much of a chance. Um but the money is kind of a weird dynamic down here in Texas in that think like there's almost a sense of pride in paying that much money for a coach it's no, kind of like exactly.
2: well, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the old everything's bigger in texas i mean we exactly it it's, the,
0: it's in the same vein as the 500 million dollar stadium renovation it's a it's a source of pride right. here. well so,
2: you know if, from from up here kind of kind of just enjoyed watching that happen it was it kind of felt like yeah we could pay him five let's give him seven and a half for the hell of it like let's, let's yeah just, exactly let's go ahead and show them that that next time we'll just, we'll do it again if we have to.
0: and you know how it is down here. So if if Tom Herman doesn't work out, their next coach will be getting eight million or nine million a year, and it's just kind of that back and forth that we have there, competing with Texas who can who can generate the most revenue, who can spend the most money on their football program. Since we don't play on the field, we have all these trivial uh, little inputs to the rivalry now, and of course recruiting, not as trivial, but but that's the the biggest one, uh, which right. you know, gets gets pretty silly at times talking about attendance and and money. And- and, you know things that we. Oh, really my, fa-
2: my favorite think. is the spring game attendance. That's my favorite competitive, uh off-season <laughs> <all> competitive <laughs> number that just nobody cares. Like <laughs> right, all.
0: exactly. And I think I think what's happened is people don't uh don't do work at their jobs anymore. So you just need stuff to talk about all the time. <laughs> and the media obviously feeds that. You know all the. All the, all the little statistics we get. And attendance is the funniest one. Maybe the, the academic prowess, too, it gets kind of funny at times.
2: Yeah, because, look, I mean, I remember when, when they were kind of running Nolan Richardson off or trying to get him you know out of the way at Arkansas, one of the things that that was big was, man, his graduate, his graduation rate has dropped. The team GPA <laughs> has dropped. And, you know, I had a lot of, I've got a lot of buddies that were on that 1994 national championship team. And we would laugh and be like, yeah, I wonder how, I wonder how much they were checking their classes. And, and man, I hope so. and <laughs> so great. You know, you want to win a national championship. I mean, people do care. <laughs> I mean, I think administrations have changed and, and, and there's yeah. a genuine care for, for these student athletes to go to class and get their degrees and graduate and do all this. But at the end of the day, you know, you're signing these coaches, you're doing all this to, to win national championships and to win conference championships. So when when you're getting rid of a coach, let's not nobody wants to hear about the team GPA or the graduation rate. It's 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 about the product on the field. And as long as kids aren't getting arrested and stuff's not going crazy, let's let's keep it how it is. Let, 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 let's be real about it.
0: That's, that's absolutely right. And of course we blow off all the negative things when the coach is winning. And you can see this with a lot of the college football scandals. And, uh, and we, we of course pick through every little detail with a fine tooth comb when things aren't going as well. So that's another reason. Hopefully Chad turns it around there because people will start, um, you know, really digging in starting next year on every little thing to to look. Well, and from everything
2: that I've seen from him, and of course it's still early, but have friends that have, have, Coached with him or, or know him personally. Uh, he, he's a pretty genuine guy. What you see is what you get, and, and he really does care. And, and you know, I've, I've played for guys that do care, and, and I'm 37 years old now, and they still care. And, you know, it's amazing the difference that you can make. I know I just, I'm, I'm transitioning from talking about winning is, is what really matters. And it is when you're talking about a coach keeping a job. But when you're talking about guys being successful outside of football and basketball or whatever else, having a coach that genuinely cares about you is a big difference. And at this point, uh, from everything I've heard and seen, Chad Morris is one of those guys. And and hopefully uh, that will transition on the field because everybody likes him. Everybody's pulling for him. And and he he seems to have that it factor about him. Uh, we, We just hope he gets a chance to show that off here at Arkansas.
0: Yeah, a lot of Aggies wanted to hire Chad Morris until uh the whole Jimbo thing kinda cropped up out of nowhere. So um yeah, it was like uh and then when he went to Arkansas, people were saying like, well, if it doesn't work out with Jimbo, eventually maybe we can poach Chad Morris if right? He has some and, and, and you know
2: the great thing about that, I'm pretty sure they have the same agent. So I, I think yeah. I think you can <laughs> I think Mr. Sexton can can build that phone call either way and, and do it. That's a good funny.
0: Job. Yeah, it'll just the money will be going up no matter what's happening. Uh, on, oh, it's amazing. Sides. It's terrifying to think that if Jimbo, you know, won out or, you know, that probably won't happen. But, but if something ridiculous happened, we would actually have to increase his pay, which, you know, he's already get, he has the $75 million guarantee. So and it'd be happily, funny to see. if
2: you're the A&M folks, if you That's can right. just casually pay somebody $75 million guarantee, then, <laughs> then you're happy to pay an extra million dollars a year if somebody can, can win an SEC title or, or, or even better yet, win a national championship.
0: That's funny, and my perspective on that's always been that I don't really care that much about how much we're paying a coach because I'm not the one paying them. You know, right. Some of these big boosters are paying him, but you know the peanuts that I give to the uh, <laughs> to the program aren't aren't making a difference either way. So they can do it. Well, but they want but it, it.
2: and and this is I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but it does feed into the argument when you know the NCAA or athletic department say there's not enough to do more with the players uh, financially. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't want to go full Jay Bellis on you and go down that rabbit hole. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of on the fence on it, uh, but but it is funny when they go, well, we don't have enough. There's not enough to go around, and and you know you go in some of the facilities which are great and amazing, and and I hope that that the current student athletes, at all these schools take advantage of it. But it's it's an interesting wrench in that argument.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, the, the extravagance of college football against this uh, defense that we can't afford to pay players. And I get it. There are a lot of people on a roster and then maybe you have to spread money across other sports as well. But but I I think they could figure out a way to at least let the the athletes make money off their endorsements. But I guess then it creeps in that boosters are doing things that are kind of nefarious. Well, and, and to so. me,
2: it's it's not even about you know trying to let some of these folks make hundreds of thousands of dollars. As it is about you know helping them with you know if, if their mama can't keep the lights on or the mm-hmm. electricity on or or the water bill or stuff like that. Yeah, we know, saw that to, at
0: Ole Miss with uh, who was a to, it, to not soul? be
2: able to to yeah. not be able to do that. Uh, yeah. is, is frustrating. I mean, because you're, you don't have time. If, if you weren't in college, you'd probably be working and helping your parents. And, and, and there's another argument to that on the other side about their colleges get paid for and they'll be able to do stuff. out. Like and I agree with that side too. But, but, you know, the folks that think they should be able to make, you know, tons of money off their likeness, I, I get helping them out and, and doing stuff to a certain level, but, but, you know, don't think it should get too carried away.
0: Yeah, and they're they're. I think they're kind of doing some things with stipends now, and and I imagine that'll get ramped up um, as the as the money keeps keeps flowing. But we'll we'll, we'll kind of see where that goes. It's uh it's an area where I feel in my heart they should be getting paid, but I don't know enough about it to 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 well, make, a, why, make a real why, strong why, argument. While
2: I'm I, I mean I, I'm a basketball guy, so tell me yeah. that, what, what's going on with A.M. basketball right now. Oh, I was gosh. on a, I was on I was on a flight uh, from LA to, uh, to Dallas a few months ago. And, uh, Oh, I'm, I'm drawing, I'm getting old and drawing a blank. Alex, uh, y'all's, y'all's point guard, Alex, uh, oh, Caruso, um,
0: Caruso, Alex Caruso? Yeah.
2: Was, was on my flight and, and there were like, you know, eight white guards in the last 20 years in SEC basketball. And I was trying to get to him to, to thank him and wish him good luck and tell him to keep it going. Uh, but but it's great to see him out there with the Lakers and, and still still doing stuff. But what's A and M gonna look like in basketball this year?
0: I think there's going to be a big drop off. We still have Admon Gilder, but we lost a lot, especially uh, our big men. (laughs) So it's going to I think it's going to be a a rough go this year. And we kind of have this interesting dynamic with Billy Kennedy where everyone likes him. But every year people want to fire him, even when he exceeds expectations. And this year, I'm I'm a little bit worried that looking through the roster, this this could be the year that, that people really start to crank up the heat. Um I think A&M's picked to finish last by uh, a lot of people in the, in the sec West which really is already kind of a, a, you know, not the, not the best conference for basketball. So it, it should be an well, interesting, I, well, like I, frustrating I, I year. Think
2: people, I think people are going to be surprised this year uh, and in years going forward with, with the talent in the sec. And when you see somebody like Tom Crean going to Georgia and, and and what some of these other schools that, that quite frankly have, you know, we've always had you know two or three teams that you go well, you know, well at least we play them, at least we play them, we can count on three or four wins a year, and I, the SEC is just not like that anymore. And and when you get to that point, you can build off that. I think here in two years, the SEC is going to be one of the you know top conferences in the country for basketball, and and I hope that rings true, and I hope Arkansas is at the top of that or near the top. Uh, but it's it's made it really tough. It, it, it's yep. made it really tough to. It's going to change these these pre-conference schedules for SEC basketball teams. Instead of taking chances as the as the league gets tougher, you're going to see these these you know pre-conference schedules look more like these you know out of conference football schedules where we're playing Citadel uh, instead of uh, NC State or or people like that.
0: That's right. Yeah, we uh we're going to have to bring you back on with with someone who's more knowledgeable than I am at basketball to kind of <laughs> kind of riff on what's Look, happening with
2: I can I can't, I can't help myself. I drift into basketball. No, but I love it.
0: I love it. And bad. we as a, as a website, we've got a couple of really good basketball writers, but I'd love to, to do more into, especially to talk more about basketball on our podcast. So as we, as we kind of get into sec play or as um, you know, Arkansas approaches on the schedule, I'd love to have you back on to talk, talk more hoops with, with one of those guys.
2: Sounds good. That'll work.
0: All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Blake. You spent a lot of time, time with us here and, uh, I think I am in the same boat as many Aggies and that we haven't really dipped into, uh, to Arkansas football beyond a couple of the embarrassing highlights this year. So it was really good to, to get your perspective and also to get a perspective. That's not already super negative on Chad Morris, (laughs) because, uh, I'm sure we could find some of that over on, over on Hogville.
2: (laughs) Oh, you can, well, you can find that any fan base with a new (laughs) coach with a lot of hype that comes in and and is, it is admittedly struggling here, but but yep. if you look at his body of work and you've had a chance to be around him at all, it, it's hard not to bet on the guy. It really is. I, I, think, I think he's going to do fine. It's just a matter of when.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I hope so, too. And everybody, you can follow Blake on Twitter. Uh, he's a good follow, underscore Blake Eddins. Is there any, anything else the listeners should know how to follow no, you? <laughs> you <know? laughs> I didn't always in that.
2: Like, that's a, more than enough.
0: Okay, don't follow Blake on Twitter. Is what yeah, he's saying. Exactly. That's <laughs> How about this? Perfect. Don't follow. Don't follow Blake unless you're you're friendly. <laughs> don't Don't, right. don't right. contaminate That'll his work. messages, his his That'll mentions work. with with trash talks.
2: <laughs> yeah, send that stuff to Bunky Perkins. He appreciates that.
0: <laughs> That's perfect. All right, awesome. Thank you, Blake.
2: Yeah, I'll take care. Have a good one.
0: All right. That was the wonderful Blake Eddins. And again, he does not want you to follow him on Twitter at underscore Blake Eddins. So, Jay, I just have one more question before we wrap up this episode. What is making you mad in advance this week?
1: We're going to overtime again.
0: Oh, that's going to be so terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I think we've kind of beaten the neutral site thing into the ground. So I'm going to say I'm mad about the 11 a.m. kick. But like you, Jay, I'm kind of lying here because <laughs> now that we have a toddler, 11 a.m. is like the perfect time to watch a football game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I could lie and say that I don't like 11 a.m. kickoffs. And as a player, I did hate them because you had to wake up and get meetings done. Mm -hmm. uh before them but now as a fan i just don't really care too much
0: yeah Um, the other thing that's cool especially if you win is that all the pressure's off and you can just enjoy that afternoon evening slate of games without worrying about your team screwing it up
1: exactly there's there's a lot less to stress over
0: yeah, and, and especially if there's some uh, enjoyment that you're taking in in a team that you hate losing, and then you're like, oh, I shouldn't talk too much shit because we might lose later." So you you get rid of all that.
1: Exactly. Nobody can come back and look at your tweets from earlier and say, "Oh, uh, <laughs> what's so funny, guy?" <laughs>
0: it's like a it's like a schadenfreude Wonderland of college football. Wonderland. When you <laughs> when you win that 11 a.m. slot. <laughs> All right, so so hopefully we'll be back on next week to talk about a blowout win against Arkansas. And next week should be fun because it's 90s week, which, Jay, I don't know what kind of contribution you're going to be able to make there. Uh, I
1: was born in the 90s. So.
0: <laughs> okay, that's it. I it's think like, that's
1: my contribution, my life.
0: The 90s have a water tower home of Jay Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> or or birth time of jay arnold baby wonderful all right thank you for joining us as always please rate subscribe uh leave a nice review tell a friend about the show my life um, depends on it yeah jay is struggling and he needs your support so <laughs> please, please this is our desperate plea to uh to, to give us a hand all right let's take it out
1: I know you feel trained, but keep away cause we've never been clicked, yeah.